Welcome to Leadership Factory, a weekly podcast where we build leaders with purpose. I'm Cole Phillips, the lead pastor of the Connection Church, and I'm glad that you joined me today. I want this to be very helpful for you, so be sure to shoot me an email or comment to let me know uh, how you're growing and then also how else I can help you. If you have some uh, questions or some uh, suggestions for topics that we can cover, then be sure to let me know about that. I always love hearing from you. And then also, I want to thank you so much for sharing this podcast and liking and commenting uh, with your podcast provider, because that actually helps us spread the word and grow in our leadership and influence. And today, we're going to be talking about capturing and completing a God-given vision. This is this elusive part of leadership that is can seem like such a mystery and such a struggle when we say, what is vision, where do we get it, and how do we carry it out? And of course, Proverbs 29, 18 is the well-known verse that says, without a vision, the people perish. Or as I like to sometimes say, without a vision, the people will find another perish. But also it's true that without people, a vision perishes. So it, it takes... Uh, the complete package, and it starts with understanding what is vision. You see, you cannot separate leadership from vision. All great leaders are driven by a vision. They're not satisfied with just maintaining business as usual. They want to do something that matters and something that makes a difference. So how would you define vision? Here are a couple of definitions that are out there. Uh, One is vision is seeing the future in the present built on the past. Another says vision is seeing the invisible and making it visible. Still another vision is an informed bridge from the present to a better future. My favorite definition of vision is vision is a clear and compelling picture of a preferred future. It's clear You can almost see it. It's compelling so that it brings people along and it's preferred. It's something that we all say, wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be incredible? Vision is a God-given, clear mental picture of a better tomorrow. And this picture moves a leader to believe that not only should something be done, but that it must be done. Someone said vision is foresight with insight that's based on hindsight. And people need leaders with vision because they need hope. They need to know what direction do we travel and how do we get there. So vision is this clear picture that you develop, that you get in your mind's eye of the way that things could be, the way that things should be, and you own that vision It's personal, it's internal, but eventually it's got to get external. You've got to paint that same picture for other people in order for that vision to become reality. Just as God uses your your imagination to create that picture of the future, you get to help others catch that same vision so that they can be a part of making it happen. So where do you get it from? Is it something you find in a book? Is it something that you uh, look up somewhere or you just make up? No. Vision comes from God as its source to a leader. 
and it's for a people. So I want us to talk about how to fulfill God's vision. And in doing that, we're going to look at a specific passage in the Gospels in Matthew chapter 9. And I'm going to turn there right now as well. So Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. And this is where Jesus is making a pivotal turn in his ministry. Until this point, Jesus was doing ministry and his followers were watching him do ministry, but he implements a process and a strategy to fulfill the vision that God has given him. And we're going to see this here in Matthew 9, 35. Let me just begin to read that for us. It says, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. And then in chapter 10, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil uh, spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. Here are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, also called Peter, then Andrew, Peter's brother, James, son of Zebedee, John, James's brother, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon, the zealot, Judas Iscariot, who, spoiler alert, who later betrayed him. Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick and raise the dead. Cure those with leprosy and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. So Jesus gives us this model for carrying out and completing God's vision. And the first thing that we see here is this. Don't just sit there. Do something. Jesus went through all the towns and the villages in verse 35. He didn't just sit around by the Sea of Galilee waiting for uh, vision to come to him or ministry opportunities to come to him. He was out there connecting with people, getting involved in their lives. He was serving people where they were. And God shares his vision with people who are already doing what they know to do. You may not know everything, but you know something. And so begin to do something. Then second, communicate the vision you already have received. He was teaching in the synagogues. He was preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. Do you realize that you already know 90% of God's will for your life? You say, well, how would I know that? Just open your Bible. God has already revealed 90% of his will for your life right there. But we want to know, what's the other 10%? Show me that. Who am I going to marry? What job am I going to have? What is my future going to be like? And God is saying, obey what you already know, and then I'll show you more. So begin to communicate that vision, live out what you already know. And then third, understand the reality of the human condition. When Jesus saw the crowds in verse 36, um, he was looking, he had compassion on them, and he was with people. 
He was watching them. He saw the hurt that they were experiencing. He saw the challenges that they were facing. And he stopped long enough to understand what people were going through. And then the fourth step is let God give you a specific burden for a specific need. In verse 36 also, it says he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. That moved Jesus' heart. He felt compassion for what they were going through. And every vision starts with, it's kind of an old-fashioned word, but it's a burden. You see that there's something wrong something that needs to be fixed, something that needs to be changed, something that needs to be done differently. And that's where the vision comes from. When your heart is stirred by a need, God gives you a vision to meet that need. Where you look at an area around you and you say, something's got to be done about this. And then the fifth step is, Ask God to show you a solution. Jesus said in, in um, he, he said here, the, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. That's verse 37. He, he saw the need and people needed physical healing. They needed emotional healing. They needed spiritual healing. And then he identified the problem. There weren't enough people to give them the message of hope and healing. Uh, Jesus had been doing all the healing by himself up until then. But there were more people with more needs than he was able to personally touch. And so he said, there's a big harvest, so we need some, some workers. We need more workers. And here's the thing. If your vision can be done by you, it's too small of a vision. If your vision can be done by you alone, it's too small of a vision. Number six, pray about what you can do to meet the need. Jesus said, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Jesus thought and knew. He said, we need more workers. And that's what he prayed for. You know, he didn't pray for... Uh, bigger buildings. He didn't pray for more money, financial resources. The one thing that he prayed for was that God would send out more workers. People are our most important asset. Uh, There's nothing more important than people. He said, this is what could be done. And he said, I'm going to do something. And then he said, come and help me do something. Join me in this. So the seventh step is this, choose a team and empower them for partnership. He called his 12 disciples to him and he gave them responsibility and he gave them authority in in chapter 10, verse one. He wasn't able to care for all the needs of all the people by himself. And that was the problem. So he needed people to join him to help him carry out his vision. And he developed a team and then he empowered them He trained them, and and he uh, gave them the responsibility to help. And so it went from, I must do something, to let's do something together. And then we need to take action immediately to fulfill the vision. 
the 12 that Jesus gathered together, he sent out. He didn't wait. He chose his team and he sent them out with his instructions on how to complete it. And he gives them that vision and equips them with the tools that they need. And those people become the answer immediately to his prayer request for more workers. And so that's that's how the work gets done. You know, when I started the Connection Church, all I had was a vision. And Ephesians 3.20, I love this verse, this very visionary verse that says, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Not just a little bit more, but much more, so much greater than we can imagine. And I don't know about you, but I've got a great imagination. I can think of a lot that could happen. And God says, I can do even greater. I can do even more than that. So I want to share with you our Connection Church vision. And so at the Connection Church, we dream of a place where lives are changed, where real needs are met, where families are strengthened, where godly leaders are developed, where people are loved, where God is worshipped with passion. And this vision that God has given us has captured our hearts. And so I want to share with you the church that I see for the future. I see a church with a come-as-you-are culture where people, people are welcome and people feel comfortable, no matter their background, to experience God's grace and truth through creative services with messages that are both biblical and practical and music that is modern and relevant. I see a church that loves children and builds a strong spiritual foundation for a successful life where students have a blast in a dynamic student ministry that meets them right where they are and lets them know they matter to God, where families are healed and marriages are strengthened. I see a church where people gather in homes all over our area to grow in their walk with God and in their friendships with each other and in relationships that last a lifetime. I see a church that is serving our community and lifting people out of hopeless situations into a life of hope and purpose. I see a church with a beautiful campus on at least 25 acres of land with simple, attractive buildings where people of all ages can gather together to connect with God and each other. This will be a regional church for people between Austin and San Antonio. I see a church that is raising up a generation of godly leaders who will influence our nation. I see a church that is going around the world to spread the good news. A church that starts many other churches to impact their region for Christ. And I see a church that is full of committed followers of Christ who will do whatever it takes to see God's vision become a reality in our lifetime. That's the vision that God has given me, that I've passed on to our people, that if you're a part of our church family, I certainly hope that you will embrace. And and I would say, uh, if you're a leader, maybe in another organization, pray and ask God to give you a passionate, clear, compelling vision that is not just for you, it's for others to join in. It's big enough for people to come alongside of you. And it's something that you would say, I don't just wish this would be done, but this has to be done. And pray, God, empower me and equip me to fulfill this vision. So that's our talk on vision. If you have any questions, let me know. Thank you so much for joining me during this time. You are a leader, so be a great one.